Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, and our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, in our series on the Beatitudes, the fifth one says, Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Matthew 5, 7. Let's talk about what Jesus means in his teaching about mercy. The audience to whom Jesus was speaking knew their scriptures. The prophet Micah summed it up, What does God require of you but to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? The word mercy appears many times in the Bible. In Genesis 19.16, when God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their sexual immorality, the Bible says, He, meaning Lot, hesitated. So the angels grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. God spared Lot from the coming destruction of Sodom. Mercy is a clear concept in Scripture. David often wrote about the Lord's mercy in his life. Psalm 27, 7. Hear my voice when I call, Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. In Psalm 30, 10, he cries, Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. David understood being afraid. When the Philistines had seized him in Gath, he cried out to God, Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. King David understood God's mercy. On numerous occasions, David's life was in danger from King Saul pursuing him. In each case, God showed mercy and spared David. One night, David saw the camp of King Saul and knew Saul would be sleeping in the middle of the camp surrounded by his soldiers. David took two of his bravest men and crept into Saul's camp. 1 Samuel 26.12 says, David took the spear and the water jug near Saul's head and they left. No one saw or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them, Saul's army, into a deep sleep. I believe God showed mercy to David and put Saul's army in a deep sleep to spare David's life. Daniel acknowledged after 70 years of captivity in Babylon, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him. Daniel 9.9 Daniel understood God's mercy. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 2.17 says of Jesus Christ, For this reason he, Jesus, had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus extends mercy to us as his created beings, because he remembers our frame, because we were made from dust. Pablo, you and I are both humans. We are sinners saved by grace. The Apostle Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
So, Pablo, what is the difference between grace and mercy? Grace is unmerited favor shown to someone who does not deserve it. Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone even though one has the power to punish or harm that person. That's mercy. James 2.13 says, Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Consider the context. The Jewish people were told by their prophets, like Isaiah, of a coming Messiah. Jesus sounded like a good candidate to fulfill the words of the prophets. They wanted a leader who would get rid of the Romans. But Jesus' first four Beatitudes, or blessings, were quite different. He taught concepts like be humble, be meek, be mournful, and hunger for righteousness. These were not the words of a liberator. Those were new ideas that fascinated his listeners. Now he says, Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Wait, does Jesus want them to be merciful to powerful Roman soldiers, to crooked tax collectors? What does he mean by merciful? Paul, as young boys, we listened to a singer named Johnny Cash. One of his songs was called The Kneeling Drunkard's Plea, the story of a mother's prayer for the Lord to have mercy on her son and save him from his wasted life. This was written by Johnny Cash at a time in his life when he was addicted to drugs and alcohol. It sounds like his prayer, Lord, have mercy on me. Our listeners are safe, Pablo. I am not going to sing this tune. Whoa, that's a wise decision, my brother. Okay, but I will read a few lines from the song. Lord, have mercy on me was the kneeling drunkard's plea. And as he knelt there on the ground, I know that God in heaven looked down. Bring my darling boy to me was his mother's dying plea. And as he staggered through the gate, Alas, he came just one day too late. Three years have passed since he went away. Her son is sleeping beside her today. And I know that in heaven his mother he'll see. For God has heard that drunkard's plea. Lord, have mercy on me. This sounds like the story of the religious Pharisee and the tax collector who went to the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mercy focuses on having right relationships with God and men, rather than being right. During the COVID-19 pandemic, a friend who owned a business asked his customers to wear a mask in the store. One of his relatives said, I will never come in your store if you ask me to wear a mask. She showed no mercy to the staff, but focused on her rights and ended up destroying a family relationship. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of our new devotional booklet, Live the Jesus Way, by sending Dr. Jim an email to menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. 
That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Mercy, grace, and forgiveness are identity markers for followers of Jesus Christ. Jim, we've traveled together in many countries where the primary spiritual leadership follow a variety of religious views, such as Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, or even atheist. But Christianity is unique. Our Heavenly Father is our Eternal Father, who shows mercy, grace, and forgiveness to all who choose to receive and follow His Son as their Savior. Some people say all paths lead up the mountain to the same God. If this is true, why does this same God give conflicting commandments? He tells animus to eat your enemies, and he tells Muslims, kill your enemies. Then he tells the Jews, if your enemy knocks out tooth, you knock out tooth. Our God and my Savior Jesus of Nazareth tell us as Christians to love our enemies if they are hungry, feed them if thirsty, give them drink. Our God is a God of mercy. Perhaps this other God is very, very confused. Maybe he or she or it is not the same God of all religions after all. Jesus of Nazareth is diametrically opposed to the God these other folks worship. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jim, the Jewish audience to whom Jesus was speaking knew their scriptures. They knew God was merciful. He sent the early rains in October and the latter rains in May. Why is Jesus saying we need to be merciful? Let me answer by quoting Jeremiah. He wrote, The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. God promises that he will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line, a Messiah. God also promises Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. God had promised his people that David will have a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel forever. God guarantees his covenant with David by saying, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night so that there will be no day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David my servant. Some skeptics were saying God had abandoned his chosen people and they were not worthy of his love, but God says through Jeremiah, I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David my servant or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. The listeners on the mountainside likely knew Jeremiah had prophesied God saying, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. In essence, Jesus is saying, You follow the Lord who chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God heard your cries as slaves in Egypt. He had mercy on you and delivered you from slavery. And the Lord led you through the wilderness. He had mercy on you and gave you this land of Canaan to call your home. Jesus knows the Romans were currently in control, but he's assuring the people God will not abandon them. He will restore them and have mercy on them. But, he adds this interesting twist, do you want God to show mercy to you? Then you be merciful to others. You were saved by grace. You did nothing to deserve mercy or grace. So he teaches them, blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. James taught, 
mercy triumphs over judgment. Wherever mercy and judgment seem to conflict, mercy wins. God's mercy toward us will triumph over his judgment of us. That is good news. In essence, James 2.13 tells us that since God will judge us with mercy, we should judge others with mercy. Being merciful is an act that shows our thankfulness for all God has done. It is made possible to show mercy through the Holy Spirit living within us. Lord, help us to show grace and mercy to those we meet in our lives today. There you have it, men. Relationships are more important than exercising our rights. Remember to order your free PDF copy of our new offer, Live the Jesus Way, Following and Living the Teaching of Our Master. Request it at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Please visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.